Welcome to Sheep Out of Water, everybody. Jason and Chris with you. We have a different type of week uh, this week, so we're probably going to be pretty short, but I think we can pack in a powerful punch in about 20 minutes or so. Um, just been, we both have crazy schedules and, and all that good stuff, but but we've been looking through the readings and we're going to knock it out here. So one thing that's going to be different is that Chris and I haven't exchanged ideas on, hey, what we think themes are. So it's going to be a surprise, surprise. Let's see which one of, who thinks what and, and what's coming out of it, which might be fun. I think so. Yeah. You just never quite know what the Holy Spirit's going to put sleeve. That's right. That's right. So, I mean, I figure I, I will give you the honor, your honor. What, what jumped out of you this <laughs> week as far as potential themes in the readings? Well, the the for some reason, what I can't get out of my head, and I don't know why, is the whole thing about the step. Okay. And I I, I have no idea what that's about. Uh, but the first reading starts from Isaiah 35. The desert and the parched land will exalt. The steppe will rejoice and bloom. And, uh, you know, I don't know if it's just my own soul. I don't know if it's the perspectives that I take on our world. I don't know what it is. But, man, I just need Jesus to come and <laughs> give us some of that grace that Isaiah is preaching about. Not that he doesn't, but, like, it is a desert right now. The desert and the parched land will exalt. Well, why are they going to exalt? Because they receive rain. The rain comes. That's what makes the desert and the parched land exalt. And that rain, obviously, is the grace of God. The coming down of the Holy Spirit, the step will rejoice and bloom. Has it rejoice and bloom? Because the seeds that are there planted, buried underneath have finally received what it is they need to grow. And so they, in their turn, because of that grace that rains down upon them, rejoice and bloom. And in their bloom, they make things beautiful. But come on, Jesus, we're buried <laughs> underground in this desert, parched land, whether it be our families or whether it be the jobs or the world itself. It's pretty hard to just get out there and bloom unless you're a desert rose. And there's not a whole lot of desert roses in the desert to begin with. So that's what step that stepped out. That's what stepped out to me. From uh, readings. It's interesting. Cause I added, there's some connections to, to what jumped out at me. And it was the line in the gospel though, among those born of women, there has been none greater than John the Baptist yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. So we're in mm -hmm. the gospel of Matthew and I got stuck on that line, like, what's going on here? And it's like, John the Baptist, we talked about him last week, so go back and listen to last week's episode. And he's this great character, and he's he's out there proclaiming all these things, and especially repentance. And, you know, somebody to look up to. He's, we, we talked about how bold he was and and how he addressed people, even, even authorities uh, with, with truth. But yet, Jesus is saying, hey, he's not saying he wasn't great. He's saying, hey, I get from the text here. I'm like, hey, yeah, Jesus, like John the Baptist, it's somebody you should look up to. But guess what? There isn't anyone in, in heaven uh, that, that that he's greater than. So I started thinking about that. Okay, what's going on here? And it was similar in a way. So I think Jesus is talking about 
when we get to heaven, if we get to heaven, I guess, we have to be sanctified to be able to be face-to-face with God, for lack of a better term, right? We have to be worthy of that and made worthy of that. And that's a process because if we're really honest with ourselves, none of us are, we're not perfect. We all know that. And, but there's, as you were saying from the first reading, there's this, man, we just want to, <laughs> we all are hungering for what that's like. Again, we don't know exactly what it is, but we're hungering for being at that point with God. And yeah, there's times where we may not be able to understand that's what we're actually hungering for. But there are times when I think about this, I just, I want to get to that point. I'm kind of okay. done with, not that, not, not a sad, horrible look at watch out for him kind of way, but yeah, there's just part of me. It's like, okay, I kind of want to be there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. ready to be to that point um, because of kind of the, the, the mundane and the craziness. And, and, and so I get that. I get what you're saying. So there's some things happening there with, with that line for me. Uh, that, but, but we have to accept that there's this long process. And so then I start thinking about the second reading, which is from James letter of James, and he's preaching on patience. Yeah. The very right. first line, be patient brothers and sisters. <laughs> I don't care if you want that rain to come <laughs> in the desert. Now it's not the appointed time. So be patient until the coming of the Lord, see how the farmer waits. And it's that whole idea of the seed and waiting for it to get its early rains, late rains. Yeah. Sorry, so there's catch off, but no, no, no. I mean, I, I think it's spot on. So we're we're getting this advice, really, if you will, from the letter of James that hey, we get it. You want to be there, and we all do. But we all want what we want right now. And that's just not how it works. That's not how it works in God's time. So that you have to be patient with how long this takes and, and how difficult it might be. But that's a good thing in a way. Uh, to me, it gives you some peace. One, because when we fall or we fail, we get impatient about things or we don't do what we should or whatever, there's more opportunity to kind of keep doing the good work, right? So there should be some peace in that. Um, but it, it it's just that reassurance that, hey, just <laughs> take your time. You'll get there as long as you're, you've got your, your eye on the prize, right? Yeah. And the Psalms, I guess, that they speak a lot to that as well, um, you know, about how the wicked will get their just rewards and how those who are faithful to God, you know, will eventually see the reward of their their faith and their fortitude and living out that God's call to us, God's law. Uh, You know, I was just thinking to myself, too, because I I have a tendency to go negative, (laughs) Um, (laughs) which I still don't think is a bad thing. You know, we we all had a dinner the other night and I was reflecting a little bit on (laughs) on the observation that I am a strong melancholic and usually the first things out of my mouth are something negative. But um, the other thing I got to thinking about that, though, is is have the optimists, especially the commercial optimists, have they really done that much for us? You know, like all mm-hmm. of these self-help books, all of these daily morning practices and speaking to yourself about all these things that are your truths. And all, I'm not seeing the world as a better place. Mm-hmm. I, it, 
you know, maybe that's part of my aging. <laughs> Get coming up on 47 and maybe I just see 47 years of things not getting any better. Um, mm. So I have that tendency, you know, to go negative and, and I don't think it's always a bad thing. Uh, certainly is no fun for people that are around you <laughs> if you're negative Nelly all the time. But uh, no, I, one of the things I saw today, I was down in uh, Louisville for work and was walking back to the parking garage, you know, two days of nonstop, you know, work and just want to get to the car. Actually, it was on my stop by the cathedral. I was going to stop in and see if I could get a confession, but no priest. He was off for the day. No Irish priest. So, no. So <laughs> Jesus and I spent some quality one-on-one time in the Adoration Chapel. But anyway, the point of all that is I was walking on my way to church via the car and <laughs> should be thinking, okay, I'm going to get some good prayer time in, hopefully. And nope, got my head down. There's this guy coming to walk in and he's kind of stumbling around on the sidewalk downtown Louisville, which you see not infrequently in downtown Louisville. And I thought, uh oh, you know, just be prepared for whatever's happening, you know, just being cautious and my surroundings. And he starts stumbling in my direction. And I'm like, oh no, you know, and getting ready for him to ask me for money or something. And so I kept my eyes down. And was going to walk past and he uh, put his head back and with a huge smile on his face. And he says, big brother, I hope you have a Merry Christmas. <laughs> and I was like, you see, you see, <laughs> the guy didn't want any money. He mm. didn't want to harass me. He didn't want to beat me up. He didn't want nothing other than just to surprise me and wish me a Merry Christmas. <laughs> And what is it with me being a big brother, big man all the time? The guy on the airplane calls me big man. Go ahead, baby. He's calling me big brother. I'm not that big. <laughs> it's just a big personality. <laughs> Your face in the ground? No, I'm uh, whatever. Anyway, that was like a little desert rose. He was a, this beautiful right. little blessing from God today. And here I am tonight talking negative and oh, it's a parched desert. <laughs> I just need the grace to be able to see the beautiful things God puts in our way, literally stumbles into my path today to just say, hope you have a Merry Christmas. He, <laughs> so much joy on his face. He just he threw that your way, knowing that, hey, it's, it's time to give you a little bit of a reminder that there's there's good out there, right? Yeah. Enjoy. It was. <laughs> it was. Now, I, <laughs> I think going back to what you said earlier about the hey all the self-help books and always being optimistic and, and it's a there is truth and, and there's research behind mindset and and what your sound mental soundtrack is it does affect it's hard to do but it does affect your your approach and your outlook but with that said you're right like if that's all it is if if, if that's not true that doesn't change the world the way we want it to be it's this amazing both and that we talk about sometimes where you have to, you, I think the right approach is to try and be as positive as you can. Uh, but you also have to be, and you're in, I'll just say more realistic instead of beating you up for being uh, <laughs> negative. Right. Um, so you have to find that balance between the two and you can't be a hundred percent one way or a hundred percent the other. And, and, we have some of us have different tendencies to go one way or the other, and that's it's just hard. 
Mm-hmm. But I think there's there's truth to that. Um, finding that balance. So I, I don't necessarily 100 disagree with you, but uh, you know, so don't yeah. don't beat yourself too much about that. But no, and, and you're right. Like that that you know, part of my recovery was um, overcoming negative self talk, and mm. there was so much of that that mm-hmm. had just been groomed into me and came naturally uh you know from my childhood on and so that was all over the place people didn't really see it that much because it was inside and so a big part of my therapy was to recognize those lies and replace them with truths and Mm -hmm. so would do those meditations and fell away from them you know once i had been out of the program for a couple months and because like you said it's hard work and it definitely made me a better play, uh, made me a better person because it brought me to a place of healing. Uh, but like you're saying, I just guess I I sometimes question when people are fake optimistic mm-hmm. or are just so focused on being positive that they don't acknowledge that sometimes there's just some negative things that happen and yeah, being real about their feelings about those things. Yeah, you know. Yeah. You know, there's one other thing I wanted to throw out there tonight before we, we close it out. And I, it was this weird. So going back to James, so we're talking about being sanctified and getting to heaven and being right in, in, in the right state to be face to face with God and then having to be patient for that work and all this, this like long exacting work. It's funny. He goes, uh, after talking about patience, he starts giving advice almost in a way that, that be be patient, be patient, and and the next thing he talks about is don't complain about one another. Mm-hmm. Of all the things, right? Like of all the things, why why is it that that's the next critical piece to this? And I'm like that it 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 doesn't seem like a natural pairing, right? You're going to go be patient for all these amazing things that are going to come and God's time and all this stuff, but and hey, number one, don't complain about each other. It's like. And that's not just something that, hey, whoever he's writing this letter to, they they just they were a bunch of gossips. I just have a hard time believing that. I think there's something tangible to this, right? So it goes to because we are doing this work and the world is not perfect, we have this and we all have it. We all have this tendency to want to scapegoat others and, and and complain about other people because then it hides what we're we're dealing with or whatever. But I just I thought that's interesting. It's like okay, don't complain about others. Well, how do we do that? How, like, going to get, maybe talk about some practical, okay, well, how do we go about doing that, right? If we're all honest, and I, I know I, I, there's been times where I've struggled with this. Okay, how do we not complain about people? <laughs> so I just wrote down, okay, well, when I'm going right, I, I tend to think about it this way. If I start to complain about others, I try to, if I, I try to stop like, okay, I'm going to just stop that mind, my mindset. I'm going to try and just change the topic, whether it's mentally, if I'm doing it internally, or if I'm engaging in it verbally with some other people, I just literally just try and just stop as soon as I can and move. That's a tactic I use. And then the second thing is, okay, if I'm complaining about somebody else, I try to put myself in that person's shoes and say, Hey, why are they doing this? What are some realistic reasons why they're doing this. We all want to believe it's because they're doing this to make us upset. In 99.9999% of the time, that's not their number one motivation is to to get us upset, right? It's coming from something else. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's somebody, if it's somebody we don't know, we we don't know the backstory. I always talk about this at work. People get upset and they 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 lose, you know, they lose their cool with you or they yell at you, and and they don't even know you. That's nothing to do with you. They're they're, they're maybe they had a fight with their their husband or their wife, or maybe they're, you know, they're they got a over over, you know, due notice for their mortgage, or you know, that somebody's sick in their family, whatever the reason may be, and and they're just taking it out on you, but. I try to think about that, like, okay, there's there's a backstory to this that I don't know. These behaviors that I'm seeing that really irritate me, it doesn't change the fact that they're irritating. And maybe at some point I should help correct them or even share like, hey, this is irritating me. But if I recognize that, look, there's a backstory I don't know, it, 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 it tones me down a little bit mm-hmm. to be as judgy. So... When we talk through this, I always like to try and think of some practical things, but, uh, and I'll be honest with everybody listening. I do not do these things incredibly well all the time. It is a work in progress (laughs) to go full circle. (laughs) When you said, uh, you know, a quick transition, you got me thinking about too, how he's make your hearts firm because the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not complain, brothers and sisters, about one another. So he's asking us to to recognize that he's there with us, that he's leading us, that he's guiding us, and to take peace and comfort in that and find joy in that. And so where I was going was when I'm joyful and I'm happy, I'm not complaining about other people. Mm, Yeah. And – I find if other people are complaining about other people and I'm happy or joyful, I'm always like willing to give them a break. Like, ah, you know, yeah, that's, a, but you know what? Ah, let him go. He'll be all right. Or, you know, I, I'm making, you know, in healthy ways, not being unhealthy, but like making excuses for people or just redirecting people because I'm in that spot of joy. And so you, you brought my attention to that. I didn't quite, grab that first, but it's really a call to joy. Mm, you yeah. know, that how are you going to not complain? How, how are you going to complain if you're joyful and you're happy? You're not even going to want to complain about people. So seek to the joy. Yeah. That's a great point, right? Like you don't even, it's almost like you don't even realize something, somebody's doing something that you should be upset about when you're in a state of joy. It's like, yeah. Oh, Oh, oh really? I, I didn't. I didn't see that. I didn't. Okay. Well, that's too bad. They're in a bad mood, but it's like you're oblivious to it almost. Yeah. I mean, it really was what happened today. Like after that guy, you know, <laughs> surprised me and wished me a Merry Christmas. I, I don't really remember a whole lot of the rest of the walk, you know, to the church. And, you know, then when I went in and the, the secretary was like, no, priest isn't here today. And he wasn't even here for mass. And, you know, it wasn't like, well, son of a gun, like, oh, I'm going to confession. Come on. But it wasn't anything like I was three or four months ago. It was like, yeah, all right. And like, I almost was going to joke with her and be like, you want to hear my confession? <laughs> <laughs> because I just was filled with joy because of this dude that came up to me on the street. So I think I'm going to take that out of the readings this Sunday coming up is hmm. just search for the joy in its authentic presentation in the midst of this desert and parched land. And let that be the grace of God that I'm waiting for in this life, but especially in the life to come. 
Yeah, it's interesting. You you kind of gave us a glimpse on what we were talking about with Nick a few episodes ago in, in our process as we go through the week. Like we're we're talking about this a little earlier than we usually do, and we're we're not we're earlier in our process than we normally are. And you're, you, everyone got to hear on, hey, you know, I'm, I'm reflecting on this now, live, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, and okay, well, there's this there's this message out there there's this theme out here that i'm going to listen to the next time i read it or the or when i hear it at mass or whatever so that's the fun thing about diving into the readings more than just one day yeah you yeah. take something and you can kind of well, let me look at this particular piece of it and see what and i always i always appreciate that too like we'll talk about whatever it is we decide to talk about and then sunday comes along and and the priest gets up there and they may sometimes touch on some of the, some things that we talked about and where they may go in a whole other different direction. It's like, Oh, that's mm-hmm. cool. You know, that's an, another neat angle. So the beauties of, of exploring uh, our, it's, our reading. Scripture boundless. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know we got a roll. I, I, I hope everybody enjoyed the, the short edition. You're probably like, yeah, shortness. No, <laughs> um, but Hey man, wish you the best for the rest of the week. And you too. maybe we'll, we'll catch up at some point. I'm sure. We can close in prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus Christ, thank you again for this opportunity. It's been a, a crazy week, but you helped us find time to, to connect, to talk about your word, talk about your scripture. And we hope that it continues to fulfill us, continues to motivate us, continues to help us stay on the right path so we pursue your will. Lord, we just thank you for the man that Chris encountered today that that was just pure joy in a moment that where Chris needed it. And we know that came from you and we thank you for that. Amen. And what I'm recognizing too, Lord Jesus now is that this upcoming Sunday, uh, the third Sunday of Advent is Gaudete Sunday. This Sunday we're called to rejoice as we await your coming and uh, in that preparation to rejoice and knowing that you will be here soon. And so I thank you for preparing us uh, already this week for the scriptures that we will hear proclaimed on Sunday. And I pray that all of our listeners may be able to rejoice as well in the uh, closeness of your coming as we celebrate and represent you uh, at Christmas. We pray for their safety and their health as they draw close to Christmas, knowing that this is also a very stressful time for some people and that family time can also present its own challenges and opportunities so that you will keep our listeners safe and happy and grateful, not just for the gift of their families, the gifts they receive under the tree, but most especially the gift of you who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God bless everyone. Rejoice.